Welcome to Sunday Commentary, a weekly program designed to break open the Sunday Scripture readings. Join us as we listen to God's Word and seek to grow in our love and understanding for the good news in our lives. And now, Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman. The Liturgical Scripture Readings for the 33rd Sunday in Ordinary Time. A reading from the book of the prophet Malachi. Lo, the day is coming, blazing like an oven, when all the proud and all evildoers will be stubble. And the day that is coming will, be set, will set them on fire, leaving them neither root nor branch, says the Lord of hosts. But for you who fear my name, there will arise the sun of justice with his healing rays. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Responsorial Psalm. The Lord comes to rule the earth with justice. The Lord comes to rule the earth with justice. Sing praise to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and melodious song, with trumpets and the sound of the horn. Sing joyfully before the King, the Lord. The Lord comes to rule the earth with justice. Let the sea and what fills it resound, the world and those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands, the mountains shout with them for joy. The Lord comes to rule the earth with justice. Before the Lord, for he comes, for he comes to rule the earth. He will rule the world with justice and the peoples with equity. The Lord comes to rule the earth with justice. A reading from the second letter of St. Paul to the Thessalonians. Brothers and sisters, you know how one must imitate us. For we did not act in a disorderly way among you, nor did we eat food received free from anyone. On the contrary, in toil and drudgery, night and day, we worked so as not to be a burden to any of you. Not that we did not have the right, rather we wanted to present ourselves as a model for you, so that you might imitate us. In fact, when we were with you, we instructed you that if anyone was unwilling to work, neither should that one eat. We hear that some are conducting themselves among you in a disorderly way, by not keeping busy but minding the business of others. Such people we instruct and urge in the Lord Jesus Christ to work quietly and to eat their own food. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. When some people were speaking about how the temple was adorned with costly stones and votive offerings, Jesus said, All that you see here, the days will come when there will not be a stone left upon another stone that will not be thrown down. Then they asked him, Teacher, when will this happen? And what sign will there be when all these things are about to happen? He answered, See that you not be deceived, for many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time has come. Do not follow them. When you hear of wars and insurrections, do not be terrified, for such things must happen first, but it will not immediately be the end. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be powerful earthquakes, famines, and plagues from place to place, and awesome sights and mighty signs will come from the sky. But before all this happens, however, they will seize and persecute you. 
they will hand you over to the synagogues and to prisons, and they will have you let out before kings and governors because of my name. It will lead to your giving testimony. Remember, you are not to prepare your defense beforehand, for I myself shall give you a wisdom in speaking that all your adversaries will be powerless to resist or refute. You will even be handed over by parents, brothers, relatives, and friends, and they will put some of you to death. You will be hated by all because of my name, but not a hair on your head will be destroyed. By your perseverance, you will secure your lives. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Carla, on this 33rd Sunday in Ordinary Time, uh, this is actually the last Sunday we call Ordinary Time. If you remember, last week we talked a lot about personal judgment. This week we're going to talk about general judgment. Then we remember that Christ is King next Sunday, and then we start Advent. So it's certainly at the end of our liturgical year. I do want to mention that November 17th is a feast day of St. Elizabeth of Hungary. So she is a wonderful saint to read up on and talk about the strength of faith and how she exhibited that in her lives. And as I mentioned, you know, today's readings really take a strong tone of these end times, these judgments, the, the trials and tribulations that we are going to experience both individually and collectively as a society. But how important it is at this point to conform ourselves to the law of God and how that will bring us justice, that will bring us salvation. And I want to read uh, something that uh, St. John Paul II had written. Uh, I don't remember exactly what year this was, but this he is such a prophet. And he says this, We are now standing in the face of the greatest historical confrontation humanity has ever experienced. I do not think the wide circle of the American society or the wide circle of the Christian community realize this fully. We are now facing the final confrontation between the church and the anti-church, between the gospel and the anti-gospel, between Christ and the antichrist. This confrontation lies within the plans of divine providence. It is therefore in God's plan, and it must be a trial with the church, which the church must take up and face courageously. We must prepare ourselves to suffer great trials before long, such as will be the demand of us, a disposition to give up even life, and a total dedication to Christ and for Christ. With your and my prayers, it is possible to mitigate the coming tribulation, but it is no longer possible to avert it, because only thus can the church be effectively renewed. How many times has the renewal of the church sprung from the shedding of blood? This time, too, it will not be otherwise. We must be strong and prepare to trust in Christ and in his Holy Mother, and be very, very assiduous in praying the Holy Rosary. How important and prophetic those words are even today. Yeah, and that brings us right into what we hear from our first reading from the book of Malachi. And this, this was written uh, to warn the Israelites about how they would be held accountable for turning away from God's law. The religious leaders at that time, they had grown apathetic in their duties. And as a result, the majority of the people developed sinful habits and they lost interest in fulfilling their religious obligations. When our religious leaders become apathetic in their relationship with God, it spills over onto the people that they're supposed to be leading. And as we're seeing today, the effects are devastating. Many Catholics today never learned the faith and they've drifted away because of that. 
Some do try to remain connected by attending Mass every now and then. And then there is the faithful remnant, and here we find those who have always remained faithful and those who have asked the Holy Spirit to rekindle the fire of love for the faith in their hearts. We call them reverts, right? And this is the, the way that God, it's, it's always been this way with God's people. There are large numbers who fall away, and then there's been some kind of a chastisement, and then they the faithful remnant, uh, that what is what kind of holds them all together. And after the t- time of chastisement has passed, they gather the flock back together again, and they rebuild God's community. And this reading delivers a warning of what's going to happen to evildoers who refuse to repent. They will be set on fire, and there will be nothing left of them but stubble. And we also hear what will happen to those who fear my name the faithful remnant, still holding true to God's commandment, even in a culture that has become rancid with sin. They will experience the healing power of God. With all the chaos in the world, we have to constantly remind ourselves that God is in control and we don't have to worry about the evildoers. God will take care of them. We only need to concern ourselves with the process of remaining faithful. Yeah, it's very interesting how you kind of compare, contrast all the the apathy, the uh, you know, the refusal to repent versus the process of remaining faithful, and uh, you know, this reading here starts in verse nineteen, and previous to this is a very important question. This actually happens in verses fourteen and fifteen. For those who have that apathy, who are refusing to repent, they say, "Why should we follow God's commands? <laughs> right? Why should we do all this?" And then this is that answer, and you you bring it up so beautifully that contrast between two different. Uh, ways of life. Because remember, people are going to experience the final judgment, and they're going to experience it in two distinct ways. Uh, Malachi gives the example of the oven and the sun. Well, think about this. An oven can be used to refine and purify metal, right? So that's that purification process through the heat. Um, Well, you can also, (laughs) in an oven, burn stubble, as you brought up, right? And uh, the second thing is with that sun, The sun can bring warmth and healing rays. The sun can also bring sunburn. So again, depending on how you live your life, this is beautiful analogy here that if we go ahead and live as that faithful remnant, we will be refined and purified. We will have that warmth and healing rays. However, if we refuse to repent, those those folks will be burned like stubble. They will have sunburn. And remember, this is a definitive state. So some people are going to look forward to this end, end times. And some people are going to dread it. Yeah. So it depends on how we live our lives. So that's how important it is today, how we live our lives. Exactly. Well, let's go ahead and talk about the second reading. This is from St. Paul to Thessalonians. And uh, I'm going to pull back and talk about Catechism 2830. And that talks about the importance of how God does call us to work. Now, remember, though, that our work may look different depending on several things. It could be dependent on our vocation. It could be dependent on our age. It could be dependent on our abilities. It could be dependent on our gifts. Uh, You know, my wife personally works as hard as I do, but she doesn't work for pay with taking care of the home and the homeschooling. All of these things look very different. But the important thing is for us to actually go to work to build the kingdom of God. 
Yeah, exactly. Now, in this letter, St. Paul is addressing a different problem, a problem with freeloaders. And that was becoming a big problem in the community of these early Christians. St. Paul begins by reminding them that when he and his companions spent time in their community, they didn't just sit around and expect the community to support them. They did what they could through honest labor to work for their keep. Good, honest, hard work is not only necessary in the practical sense that we're able to support ourselves and fulfill our obligations, it's good for us because it helps develop discipline and it keeps us focused on our true purpose in this life, which is to work out our salvation in the hope of the resurrection. We can go about our daily work and produce sloppy results, or we can do it in a way that brings glory and honor to God. When we offer up our daily work as a way to praise and honor God, we develop self-discipline. And through the grace of God, even our everyday drudgery can be transformed into a prayer. Yeah, I think it's so important that our society breaks this cycle of entitlement that we see now these days. I mean, people obviously periodically need help, but the government or business, they, they don't really, they don't owe you anything if you're not willing to work. So we need to follow Paul's example. Three things here. We need to have orderly lives. We need to work for our own keep. And perhaps the most important, we need to mind our own business. (laughs) So how important that third one is these days with all the social media. Well, let's close with the gospel according to Luke. You have final comments there. Oh, yeah, I do. And I just kind of want to get down to the point um, that Jesus is talking about. One day it's all going to be gone. And he's talking not just about the destruction of the temple and the persecution of the early Christians, but events that will happen at the end of the world. And we are witnessing the beginning of a great chastisement one of biblical proportion. We're living in a time of luxury and convenience that was never experienced by any other generation, and yet we have become apathetic to the reality of our inheritance as sons and daughters of God. And we have allowed evil to flourish right in our own backyards, bit by bit and with little to no resistance from those who should be preventing it, those who should be protecting the flock of Christ. And when all of this has finally played out, We have the words of our Lord in this gospel reading telling us to persevere, to not give up the faith, and to encourage our brothers and sisters by our example. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman, produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio. For more information about this show, go to moderndayradio.com. That's M-A-T-E-R-D-E-I radio.com.